You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 267 and 268 of Fed by Ravens. You're doing it. We are getting through the scriptures. And we were just talking, actually, we figured we better start recording because we were just talking about these chapters in Isaiah. Sorry. Our Old Testament reading for today is Isaiah chapter 57, verse 14 through chapter 62, as you were saying. As I was saying. The whole New Testament, like the writers of the New Testament, are so steeped in the words of Isaiah. Yeah, like it's crazy. But I was just thinking how many of the original audience, especially the Jewish audience, mm-hmm. were really entrenched in the five books, the Torah, the first five books. The Pentateuch. By Moses. And so that's what's so fascinating as we're reading through Isaiah and hearing Paul's voice and hearing Peter's voice and hearing Jesus' voice. And the original audience was sent, like not hearing it and going, yeah, we don't know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. We have the prophets. Mm-hmm. And then their response is like, am I, am I taking crazy pill? <laughs> you killed the prophets. I'm quoting Isaiah. And then they're like, well, we never really listened to Isaiah the first time around. Right. Like no one really listened to these prophets. So then you see Jesus going, fine, we'll go back to Moses. Mm-hmm. And uh, you all die under the law of Moses. And now the, the prophet of grace has come, the mm-hmm. one Moses even talked about. But it's just fascinating to start starting to put together the picture that everything in the New Testament really, uh, I mean, we were just saying how we could, I honestly was reading this this morning going, I think I could just spend a year in reading Isaiah. Isaiah several times with all sorts of historical commentaries and mm-hmm. theological commentary, just getting into it. it. Yes. Because it's so rich. But it is interesting that they didn't listen to the prophets. They end right. up kind of pushing these guys aside. And then when Jesus, the prophet, comes, they push him aside mm-hmm. and do the same thing. Um, and I think we do the same thing today. We yeah. don't really want to hear the word of God uh, when, it's, when it's fleshed out into practicality. Yeah. And, and so that's... Especially in this reading today. And I'll just get to my point today. Yeah. Uh, in 57... And 58. Mm-hmm. 58 really crushed me this morning. <laughs> um, 57 is nice. It ends with, you know, I'm going to build and remove all the obstacles. Mm-hmm. And I really like the line about, I will dwell in a high and holy place. And also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit. Right. And so that, that theme over and over again is God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. And even James, I'm recognizing, oh, James is even using Isaiah themes because Isaiah is hitting faith and works. Yeah. Is wisdom. Mm -hmm. So like you want godly wisdom is your faith one side of the coin, your works the other side of the coin. Mm -hmm. And Isaiah is is really hammering this, going, look, I'll heal and give peace to everyone with a contrite heart. I'll move all the obstacles of your own backsliding heart by the death and resurrection of Jesus. I'll heal and comfort Mm -hmm all who are contrite and lowly in spirit. But then in 58, he mentions all their fasting and their mourning. Right. And well, it's so cool to read all of these in, like, like in order. Yes. And realize, like, oh, he's, like, building off of the thing. Oh, like, they're building off of each chapter. And mm-hmm. so going and saying, like, look, if you're contrite, I'm with you. Right. 
But instead of being contrite, you guys are going around doing all the festivals that I told you to do and being like, look, this is what saves us. And then living like hell every other, like the rest of your life. Well, here's what's cru- here's what crushed me. I don't even think in today's Christian culture, we're not even pretending to be like the people he's talking about. So he's saying, yeah. you act as though you're my people. So mm-hmm. you do the fasts, you mourn, but really underneath it, you're just manipulating God. You're yes. using the living God the way you use everything to ensure your own security, your own blessing on your own. And you're negotiating with, look, I did this, now you give me this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what crushed me was, I do that. Oh, yeah. And I do that in the name of Jesus. And I was recognizing how my condition of sinfulness, like wretched man mm-hmm. that I am, that even in my zeal to love Jesus, and I preach every week, and I love God and all this stuff, but I'm recognizing, God, I'm doing this. Will you bless my church? Because my church having more people or more mm-hmm. whatever will make me feel good and feel like I'm doing good. And I, didn't I do these things? And so I was really looking at how we use God inappropriately, but then recognizing we're not even, in our culture now, we're not even pretending to do the fast. We're not pretending to keep Sunday and go to church. We're not pretending to do our devotions. We're not even pretending to be like, I pray every day and I give 10% of my income and uh, now God, you give me... We're not even there. Mm -hmm. And so when we look back at these people, we're like, how could they do that? (laughs) We're in even a worse situation. Like Mm -hmm. We're not even Pharisees. Like Pharisees at least were religious types at least understood here's what it is they at least understood god is real and i better manipulate him (laughs) we come to god not even really believing like constantly accusing him of not doing anything a little lower than santa claus yes no that's it like i did i was nice i deserve some gifts now Mm mm-hmm and at least the older people, they were doing that, but they were at least trying to follow all the rules. And then that's why they were so angry and so yeah. mad when Jesus says, it's not by the rules. So I was just, the law was heavy on my heart this mm-hmm. morning because I don't see much difference between um, yeah. us playing the part of Christianity to ensure our own selfish thing. And the shocking thing was God, through the prophet Isaiah, was saying, Here's true religion. And it's what James says, true and undefiled religion. You take care of the widows. You take care of the orphans. Instead, we are part of, we are all part of these systems that oppress people Mm -hmm. for our own comfort. I don't care where my shoes come from. I just want a new pair. And if that's enslaving people somewhere else, I don't see it. And I don't care because I don't want to know. I'm just like the people in Judah at this time. I'm worse. Yeah. And so are you. Yeah. I'm reading this chapter. We try to soften that, right? Like, God's not angry. Well, no, he is angry, and he should be, because you're a part of oppression. You're a part of injustice. You aren't a part of his heart at all. You don't even want to be with him. You just want to use him. He's like that friend you don't think is cool, and you make fun of as soon as that friend's gone, but you're like, but it's cool. His dad has all these tickets, and he's Mm -hmm. super rich. And that's like... Those are the good, those are, we're the good ones in our minds. Right. God have mercy. I was just left sitting out looking, and then as I was praying this, I'm sitting in my backyard going, God have mercy. I am uh, the chief of sinners. 
Yes. Reading this for me, what I was hit was how deeply God cares about this I- the idea of his words yeah. and saying and boiling down the, like the Ten Commandments to love God and love your neighbor. And, and that's what I feel like 58 is yes. explicitly dealing with. Like, yes. Like even in your fasting and even in your observance of these rituals that I've set up, you're forgetting to do the main things, yeah. which is love me and love your neighbor. And so when you fast, you use it as a way to exalt yourself. And like the idea I was getting reading this was they were skipping work and making their employees or their co-workers cover for them while they spent a day in holy fast. Like, I'm sorry, I can't come into work today. I'm fasting. Right. And instead, God's like, that's not when I... I, Okay. I want you... You're not listening to me. I want you to love those people. Right. And then love me. And then if you're fasting, just do it quietly. I mean... Is not, this is taken straight from Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6 and 7, is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, Mm -hmm. to undo straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then you shall, then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your mm-hmm. healing spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you'll call. It goes on. Yeah, uh, I, I think, I mean, basically he says, be terrified even in your fasting. Yeah. Don't be secure in your fasting and think, I'm good with this God. Right. And it's this like, is what I have to do to manipulate him. Yeah. To get what I need out of him. He's like, because I can look at your works. He's like, I'm looking go, at you. I'm going, If your oh, heart was with me, you wouldn't, this suffering around you would wh- be, uh, not make you nauseous and mm-hmm. you have to do something. Mm-hmm. Like when you see someone in need of help, you just instinctively would do it. And so, then 59 builds off of this idea even further, <laughs> saying how it's clear to me that you guys are acting as if I have no power, that I'm not listening that I'm blind and deaf, like I'm like every other idol that you guys manipulate and worship, and you're living as if my will and my desire for you is nothing. <laughs> I have two stories. One, I was thinking about when my kids were little. Did you brush your teeth? Yes. Well, why don't you go brush them again, giving them a way out? Or mm-hmm. I, actually, it starts off, go brush your teeth. They pitter-patter around the corner and come back three seconds later. Obviously, they did not brush their teeth, mm-hmm. but their brains are too small to know that I just obviously didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I say, did you brush your teeth? Giving them a chance to be honest. Yes. Well, come here. Can I? It didn't seem like enough time to brush your teeth. Oh, I brushed my teeth. Can I smell your breath? Now, if you're lying to me, you're going to lose, you know, you're going to lose some digital time or something. And then they start to cry. <laughs> just go brush your teeth, please. Okay. It's almost like that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, we're doing the things, Mm -hmm. but it's obviously our hearts, we're not connected to why it's good to brush your teeth or obeying your mother and your father. Like, we're not connected at all, Mm -hmm. and it's obvious to God, and he says, God knows and he sees. Like, is my arm too short? Do I not? Do you think I don't see? What's going on? Yeah. 
Um, the other story then is, because now what I'm thinking is, in, in recent times, we've tried so hard to say God's not terrifying. Right. He's not, he's your, he's your father and he loves you, which we'll get there. But again, True. I think we yeah. jump there too soon. Right. Because I'm recognizing the benefit today of being a little terrified. Have you ever ridden Space Mountain where it broke down and the lights turned on? It's terrifying. Places. Space Mountain is like, it's just, it's a wooden roller coaster inside of a building mm-hmm. that it, every turn will decapitate you or rip <laughs> off your arms if you were to lift them up. Like they say, don't lift up your arms. They for, mean it. They mean it in that ride. <laughs> and I've never, I've never wanted to ride Space Mountain again. That happened like 15 years ago. And I was like, <laughs> I'm done with this ride. It's not worth it. Not mm. worth the weight, not worth the potential danger. And I think that, for us to appreciate and then move into the gospel because Isaiah brings the beautiful gospel right after these chapters. We're getting into it. We are. We're going to get there. But I think to appreciate your freedom, to appreciate your safety, to appreciate what God actually brings, you have to have moments of terror Mm -hmm. where you're like, I should be dead. Yes. And that's what this is. For me today, it's just a new recognition of I should be dead. I I come from a people who don't love God. Mm-hmm. I come from, I've been under a king and I've, I've made myself king. I deserve to be uh, executed right. for all of my um, rebellion. And it's been violent. So you see the situation and there's no one to save you. But then... Well, at the end, it does end with, yes. in 59, it ends with... One is coming. The Lord, the Lord saw it. He's seen all of it, and mm-hmm. it deple- it displeased him. Yeah. And there was no justice. And so the Lord is going to bring some justice. Yes. There's one who's going to bring justice who will wear zeal oh, we get the, as a cloak. We actually get the what Paul's referring to as the breastplate of righteousness and the yeah. helmet of salvation. Yes. He lists all the armor that this one will wear. Yeah. And then we get the cloak of zeal. And uh, he's going to bring wrath to his adversaries, repayment to his enemies. I'm like, Ooh, and so the idea, the idea is then one is coming, and so we're scared. Yes, but the one who comes is a dream come true. Mm-hmm. It quiets all my terror. So I'm sitting there this morning praying, going, "Oh Lord, I am like that." But then now I'm ready to receive. Now I am mm-hmm. truly lowly in spirit. I recognize the reality of the situation. I am completely humiliated and humbled. And now I'm in a position to actually receive the gospel and trust it because I have nothing else to trust in. Yes. Chapter 60. Oh, man. So chapter 60 is amazing. Yes. Uh, so I love this idea that this there's a darkness that has covered us mm-hmm. and we are just lost in this darkness, but the Lord is going to bring this light and since none of us can save ourselves, since we are all hopelessly lost, the Lord's like, fine, I'm looking for someone to save you, and no one's rising up. I'll do it. And so he shows up and brings light to the darkness, and then 60 goes, and I'm realizing it's, it's saying, like, I'm going to restore my people to the, like, back to the days of Solomon. Yeah. Like, reading all of this stuff, I'm realizing, like, oh, this is all the stuff that Solomon did, like when Israel was at its peak. 
like all of this stuff, he's going, this, I'm going to bring this all back to you. Yeah. Guys. Like all the I'm camels gonna, and all the, and they aren't coming to uh, destroy you this time. They're coming no. to bring homage to yeah. the greatness of And all nation. those from Sheba will come and the, and we'll bring gold and frankincense and we have like the trees of Lebanon and everything's being restored and, and everything is good again. Yes. The light, beautiful. the light is coming. So the promise of the light is coming and he's going to make you beautiful and make you majestic forever. Mm-hmm. A joy from age to age. Yes. The Lord will be your everlasting light. God will be your glory. Because the predicament we're in under the law is, if I just go around helping the homeless and the poor, am I good now? Right. The Lord says, you're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're either using fasting and mourning and that kind of temple worship, or you're using trying to help the poor. And you're still missing it. Well, what do I have to do? Mm-hmm. Right. You can't do, you are in a predicament. You don't have enough to help the poor, which is the thing you need to do, and love people, and you don't have enough to love me properly. You <laughs> are in a death situation. Mm-hmm. And you've already died. Right. So I'm gonna come and you shall know that I the Lord am your savior and your redeemer, the mighty one of Jacob. <laughs> I love it. I had uh, for some reason I had so that's chapter 60. 60, and it ends, I have chapter 60, verse 22. I, yes. I, I liked it. Yes. Um, the least one shall become a clan, the smallest one a mighty nation. I am the Lord, in its time I will hasten it. And it's just the idea of, once you recognize how small and insignificant you are, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody spends their life wanting to be more. Yeah. We need more numbers, we need more money, we need more success we need another good book you know we need something and god's like yeah you're small but i'm the one who makes will make you great and you mm-hmm. can uh, put your hope in the lord for that then chapter 61 which i'm gonna say this might be my favorite chapter yeah. in the entire bible this i think chapter wise this is it and i would back that up matt that it, it might be jesus's it's his favorite chapter because his, if you remember in Luke, his very first sermon, mm-hmm. he quotes this, chapter 61, but he quotes it as, it's fulfilled in your sight today. Yes. I mean, so when you read this, in light, so we look back through mm-hmm. Jesus, faith in Jesus, looking back, we see that he has the nerve to say, not only is this chapter like the great hope, but he says, <laughs> the great hope is here in your presence today. Mm-hmm. So anyone who says Jesus doesn't claim to be God just hasn't seriously considered reading the scriptures at all. Yes. Like even reading Jesus seriously. But uh, it's this is the chapter, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, right? So mm-hmm. the poor, the shattered hearted, yes. which is... Which is you and me when we see ourselves, when the lights come on and we see ourselves. And the poor is also could be translated afflicted. We are completely poor. Our hearts are completely shattered. Mm-hmm. They need to be put back together. Uh, liberty to the captive. We're all captive mm-hmm. to our addictions and our sins and our misunderstanding of who God is and who we are. Opening the prison to those who are bound. Like we're all bound yes. up. By or recovery, things. or it's also recovery of the sight to the blind. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Mm. To comfort comfort all who mourn. (laughs) And the day of vengeance of our God. Well, so that's the thing. So when Jesus comes, he says, this has been fulfilled today. 
right now. Mm -hmm. So he's proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. And it's either you have seen yourself in the light of things and go, hey, I'm with you. Yeah. Thank you. Or you go, I don't need help. I'm good. Thanks, Jesus. No thanks. Mm -hmm. uh, and you get mad at him. How dare you say you're the guy? Don't, don't, don't get our hopes up, Jesus. We know where you're from. We know who mm -hmm. you are. Don't do that. And look, you failed. Mm -hmm. And that's going to bring vengeance. And really, the vengeance of the Lord is the absence of his presence. Yeah. That's, he doesn't have to even... like. I think all afflictions and all, all these other things, they're brought about by evil, and he allows them actually as a help to you. Like maybe you'll cry out now mm -hmm. because your crops aren't growing, because you're afflicted with sickness. Maybe you'll cry out to me, but that's, that's just a foretaste of life without me. Right. And the real vengeance and the real harsh stuff is uh, eternity without me. Yeah, and then 61 just continues on this amazing like exchange of like mourning for oil and uh, he's calling us oaks of righteousness and he's really like... Uh, he's changing ch everything. Changing everything for the people. He's like, you guys were once this, you're now going to be this source of life. I mean, And you, you are going to rebuild and you are going to uh, strengthen and possess and because of the love I'm going to pour out to you, you guys are going to have everything. Let's just imagine when God puts his favor on you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'll greatly rejoice. You'll, yes. uh, you're, you're clothed with the garments of his salvation, covered with the robe of his righteousness. A bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. This is how the earth, this is how you and the earth are going mm -hmm. to be. You're going to sprout a garden sprouting up in the midst of, before all nations. And again, you got the themes of all nations are going out. The light is going to penetrate everything and it'll be known. So a wonderful chapter. It's worthy to be memorized because it really anchors so much of the New Testament. And then in 62, we get through, uh, we get through all of 62. And, uh, and it just continues the coming salvation. And for me, the idea of a new name Mm -hmm. Like you're being adopted, you're being married, you're getting a new name. And he even says, here's the name. My delight is in her. My delight is in her. Yeah. Which the name, I think Hezekiah's wife was named that, is what I read. And it's Beulah. Oh. Beulah. I'm going nice. to name something Beulah uh, before I go to be with God. Like a, even if it's a pet, my delight is in her. What a beautiful name. That's mm -hmm. the name of God's people. God rejoices over his people. Yes. A city not forsaken. Praise God. So then what happened to me this morning was I anchor in this part mm -hmm. and I just am reveling in the good news. Like, thank you, God. I am a, I'm not even your people. Like, I'm not even to the original audience here. But you've included me in this because you keep saying, oh, this will be to all nations. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking like, Oh, I've been a bad and like you could be a bad and rebellious person, but you happen to live under the time of Solomon or David. Think about right, this. Right. You're an awful idol worshiper. But you just happen to live under the time of David. Well, lucky you. And that's how I felt this morning on my little swing. I was sitting there going, I am under the rule of Jesus Christ. Lucky me. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You are a good king. And then my yeah. heart starts to move towards it. But see, this warms my heart. So that it becomes sincere. And then I, I check my mind. And my mind even starts, well, maybe now 
I'm, I'm actually recognizing this. Maybe now you'll give me this, this, and this. And the idea in my mind goes, stop. No, it's not about what's going to happen as a result of this. Mm-hmm. It's about right now I am safe and secure in my loving Father's arms because I know who I am without him and I know who I am with him. Well, praise God. Our New Testament passage for today is Ephesians chapter 3 through chapter 4, verse 16. I mean, literally the idea, literally, and I mean that like in literary genre almost, Mm -hmm. the idea continues through Paul in the book of Ephesians. And Paul really is getting on, he introduces the idea in Ephesians, which we've seen before in the previous readings, of the mystery of the gospel. Yeah. Now the mystery, to set it up, um, in all the temples, in every little group or cult or fraternity, you take vows to keep the secrets of that group. Mm-hmm. And so Paul is kind of, it's a scandal. I'll, I'll call it a scandal, the scandal of the gospel, is that he would be telling you the mysteries that are reserved for the inner circle of the Godhead itself. Yes. And he's saying the mystery actually has been kind of leaked. It's always been leaked out, but now yeah. it's brought fully into the light. It was leaked out through the prophets mm-hmm. that you were supposed to be for all nations. Yes. But now it's it's actually fulfilled. The king that we talked about in Isaiah has actually come forth and invited, and all the nations now are coming under the lordship of Israel's king, Jesus, mm-hmm. and under the God of gods, the king of kings. And so he's saying, I'm bringing into the light the full mystery that the gospel is open to all, that faith apart from works, though you've worked nothing but evil, you can be saved. Yes. How? Well, it's by faith. But that doesn't make sense. Like, you've been bad. That's, that's not fair. You weren't born in the right family. It's not fair. And that's really at the, at the core of the human cancer of sin mm-hmm. is it's not fair. Which is hilarious because that's what condemns us. <laughs> yeah, and what's hilarious is we condemn ourselves. Yeah. We say, give me what's fair. And God says, I don't think you want that because what's fair is you return to dust with mm-hmm. nothing. And except actually you owe. What's fair is you owe me everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we have like, there's, there's like two mysteries here, which is one is the gospels for the Gentiles too. And it's all being revealed. God's message is being revealed through this crazy thing called the church. Yes. Well, and it's hard. It's for the Gentiles who have been out of it by Uh works Uh and faith. And it's for the Jews as well. Yes. Because they've been misunderstanding and not they just haven't understood it. It's been a mystery to them because they're like, is it works or is it faith? We mourn and fast, we get in trouble, we try to do good. Well, we don't really do good because we can't even keep a Sabbath or anything. But he's like, yeah, you're, so Gentiles, you're not out anymore because of your heritage. Mm -hmm. And Jews, you're not out now because of your blatant disobedience. (laughs) You're in, all in under the works, the faithfulness of Christ and the work of Christ. See, faith Mm -hmm. and works, the faithfulness of Christ and the works of Christ on the cross, you're all in. And he says, I have insight into this mystery. I have a deep insight. You know how? Because I'm a prisoner. Um, I have insight. Well, first of all, I was on my way to destroy the body of Christ. You're right. 
And now I have, by revelation from God, been given this mystery to, to build up the body of Christ. And I think we miss that when we, we forget. Paul is saying, like, I'm an apostle of Christ by the grace of God. I'm just like the chief of sinners. I was destroying the body. I was trying to ruin it. I was killing Christians. Yes. I was arresting, splitting up families, and killing them when possible. Yes. And now I am an apostle for this movement. And guess what? It's the hardest thing for humans to understand about the body of Christ. The hardest thing is to look at the people who are leading it mm-hmm. and see their past works or even present works compared with what they're saying. Mm, you're right. And that is the hardest thing for us because it's like, you were a murderer of Christians mm-hmm. and now you say we're all the body, whatever. In fact, if you go a cursory search on anything religious <laughs> on the internet and you'll see over and over again people saying, that's, that's why I'm not in the church. It's the gross hypocrisy and the people hurting people mm-hmm. in the church. And so now I have a relationship with God outside of the church if I even still believe in God. Right. And Paul's saying, right, that's not a special thought. <laughs> You're not special for that. And you do not matter for that thought. Mm-mm. In fact, you're isolating yourself from the glory of God because the mystery is he brings in scoundrels yes, and he, he equips them with his power and his spirit and he's creating something new in them mm-hmm. and he's building the body of Christ on earth as it is in heaven through messed up people who are sinners and saints at the same time. So you can focus on how Paul is in jail and failing at his mission or you can focus on the power of God to turn someone like Paul into a person who pronounces the mystery of God. Which yes. is it? <laughs> what do you? What side do you want to be on? Right. In fact, Paul says that this message is the wisdom of God. The wisdom. So again, mm-hmm. if faith and works is wisdom, the faith and works of Jesus Christ is now known, and it has an eternal purpose. So... Continue. I just got this down for a sermon, I guess, today. So don't lose heart. Don't lose heart over my prison time. Don't lose heart over all the mess because the early church was struggling with uh, fusing together Gentiles and Jews. I mean, they didn't even really embrace it. Every like Pauline epistle is about it. Right. So he has to then flip to, um, so I'm praying and it's beautiful. Again, I love this prayer. I, Do you want, you talk about it for a second? I've been I've been going. Yeah, so I've actually I, I don't even know if I've really rewritten it. I kind of just took it verbatim and turned it into a prayer for my like spiritual growth for myself and for the church. But it's again, he's he's going. Look, I, I want you guys to understand that you are all together in this, <laughs> and that you are rooted in Christ. That. You have everything. God has given you everything you need and more. More than you can even ask for. He is giving this to you. And but, but the Gentiles, they aren't in. I don't care. But you are Ju- all in through Christ. But the Jews killed Jesus. Right. And he will forgive them. Blood is on all your hands. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. But Christ is here. Christ is here. And he, you are rooted in his love. Uh, well, uh, it's so... I almost have no words, according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to do what? To comprehend this great mystery with all the saints. Yeah, what is with the breadth all the saints. and length 
and height and depth. Like you've all seen, mm-hmm. seen the reality and now you all get this reality. I'm praying that you would know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with his fullness. Then he says, so ask more than you could ever ask mm-hmm. to be rooted in this because when we look at each other, we'll, all we'll see is the failings and the hypocrisy right. and we'll let people be God to us. Right. So people right. walk away exactly. from Jesus because they had a bad experience at church. Uh-huh. Well, you made that bad teacher, that failed human, mm-hmm. your God. Mm-hmm. And they drove you from having access to the throne of God and knowing the full measure of his love and his riches for you. That's just dumb. Yeah. It, so ask that God will overpower the failings of the people around you within the church. Therefore. That, that the love of God can be seen in all these broken people. That's the miracle when we gather, is mm-hmm. all these broken people who may have just swindled you during the week are bowing the knee to Jesus Christ, asking for forgiveness, and being saved under his name. Or not, it's, it's okay. Right. If they're not, you, this is where Paul says, so therefore, you have a choice when you gather. You right. can be full of that anger and make yourself God, saying, Sam the Butcher's a crook. Right. I can't blah, blah. Or, therefore, he says, and he says, not even ironically, as a prisoner, I urge you to walk in the manner worthy of your calling. So what does that look like? Uh, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. <laughs> and then he goes off into this amazing poem of there is one body, one spirit, yes. one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. All. All means all. One means one. <laughs> I mean, the fact that we have one hope, one call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God over all of us. And so the miracle of Christ's body on earth now of the church is he is bringing all of these messed up people under his reign and rule. He's reuniting all of he- heaven and earth. And so... When you've received all this, you can't complain about what someone next to you has. When you know you should be dead, they should be dead, you were dead in your trespasses mm-hmm. sin. And so you're like, oh, I got this. Thank God. Oh, you got that? Jeez, isn't God good? I know. Right. But, and, but this is the challenge. And this is what we see in our world is that um, the body of Christ gets hit because we don't understand the mystery. Mm-hmm. That all people... And, and then, so yeah, he says, build up the body of Christ. And there's this great... I don't know where the, the quote is from in, cha- in uh, verse 7. When he ascended on high, he led a host of oh, captives. That's and a he psalm. Gave, he quotes the psalm to basically say, look, Christ has taken care of all this. He's established this so that all people can be called under, under the name of God. All people can, by faith, have access to God. Mm-hmm. And now all people can not only have access to God, but be a part of the body, be a part of the people of mm-hmm. God on earth as it is in heaven, doing the work of God, which right. is simply saying repenting and trusting and being absolved of your sins and then showing forgiveness forgiveness to one another mm-hmm. and love and hope to one another as a result of what you received. Right. And this is where he even continues to say, like, so the Lord has even given gifts to the church. I know. As people. The gifts are people. Yes. And, and offices. Mm-hmm. Like the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry and for the building of the body. He's like, look, he's using a foolish thing. 
called people, called the church, yeah. to show his wisdom. It's like yeah. an old joke. Like, I used to love, I would love teaching if it wasn't for the kids. Right. I'd love being a pastor if it wasn't for the people. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the, the miracle that God's doing. Right. And so he does say, grow up. Yeah. He says, grow up. And basically how I hear it is, don't arrest your development by getting caught up in accusations towards other people, which is our big deal today, right? You can Mm -hmm. accuse anybody and try to ruin their lives. Right. Well, that's been going on in the church forever. Right. And so grow up. How do you grow up? You speak the truth in love. So you know what you speak to people? Hey, there's hope. Hey, Mm -hmm. you can be forgiven for that. Right. Because we're a body. And sometimes when people are hurting or doing something to hurt the body, you say, I'm saying this because I love you. Because you're not, you're not an adulterer. Mm-hmm. You're a faithful person now in Christ. Mm-hmm. You're not a liar. Stop lying. Oh, they were mean to me. No, they cared for you. Mm-hmm. But do it in love as you would your own body. Don't get caught up in the accusations. Wow. Thanks, Paul. Today I'm going to read Psalm chapter 111. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. In the company of the upright in the congregation, great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works and giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. severely fed by ravens overfed I would listen to this episode again if I were you (laughs) go in peace and serve the Lord talk to you next time